Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And today I've had my friend Tom Berkowitz with me in studio. And I'm always glad to talk to Tom. We're talking about salt and light today and loving thy neighbor. It's going to be a great hour. Tom has been a Bible teacher for over 30 plus years. And he is a Messianic Jew. I asked him right when he came in if any Messianic Jews wrote any great Christmas songs and you didn't come up with Anyone in particular, did you, Tom? No, I just came up with Marty Getz, who expands on them. Yes, he does. He does a great job. So they become his. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. So we're going to spend some time in God's Word today. We're going to look at Matthew 5, 13, I think, to get started. We are going to start there. I'm going to do a mosaic of verses and our call to love. Nice. But it's all based on commands from... Yeshua himself okay. in his Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5.13, just the first part, you are the salt of the earth. And then he goes on to 16. It's one of my favorite verses. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Mm. So everything we do is to give glory to him. Now, Israel was called to be a holy nation. And holy in Hebrew is kadosh. It means set apart, but literally means other than. Other than what? Well, the rest of the world. But we're called to be holy. So God takes that very, that calling very, very serious. And when we're not, he's not happy with us. Um, In the New Testament, Peter wrote, uh, but you you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So we're called as believers in Jesus to be a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood. So this pertains to us also. So I love the prophets. So God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, so you understand how important this is. In Ezekiel 22, 26, God is saying, Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they have disregarded my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. So they're called to be holy, and they make it common. And there was three distinctives of Israel to make it different. So when, you know, they had the Torah, they had the prophets, but three lifestyles that caused them to be different from the rest of the world. And the three were circumcision, kashrut, and Sabbath observance. Okay, we're going to take those one at a time, aren't we? Uh, No, I'm going to take them all together. Okay, good. But what's the second one? 
Kashrut, keeping kosher, eating certain foods, and last one is Sabbath observance. Okay. Nobody, no other nation had eating restrictions, and no other nation was in the circumcision. That was a covenant sign. And Sabbath observance, uh, Jews were called lazy for doing that. But it showed that they were other than the rest of the world. When Jesus came on the scene... 1,500 years later, he changed some things, and he reduced it to two distinctives, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And when he did this teaching, he did it at uh, an opportune time. He did this teaching between the 10th of Nisan and the 14th of Nisan. So he, we call the 10th of Nisan Palm Sunday. That's where he made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But that was a time when Jews would take the lambs that they were going to sacrifice for Passover and examine it to make sure that there is no flaws in it, no blemishes. It had to be a perfect lamb. So... We set this in Matthew 22, 34 to 40. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they're trying to find some flaw with the people in the crowds. We're looking to see, is he really who he says he is? So here's the way it starts. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer— had to be a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. So, He summed up the entire, what we call the Old Testament, in 30 seconds or Mm -hmm. less. That's exactly what he did. And they examined him. And what he did is he used a rabbinic teaching method where he takes two truths, slams them together to make a greater truth. Because now you're in a catch-22. If you say you love God and you don't love your neighbor, you're a liar. That's what John says in 1 John 4. He says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. And this is a commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his commandment. And if you don't do that, you're doing violence to his word. Think about that. Back up in Ezekiel. So that applies to us. I've been meditating on this for so long because we live in a very difficult world right now. I don't see unity. I don't see love. It certainly isn't from outside, but even inside God's church. We're split. We see families and churches split over whether you should wear a mask or not. Where's the love on that? I hear 
Christians say, I can never forgive this person for what he did. Well, you just made yourself, uh, you're a liar if you say you love God and you can't forgive your friend. Mm -hmm. Or how about your relative? Can you imagine what our descendants are going to say 75, 100 years from now and they look back? You mean you split the church over whether you should wear a mask or not? Are you kidding me? Or whether you should get a vaccination or not? Where's the love on that? And see, that's what uh, uh, they're talking about. So it comes down to then, who is your neighbor? Mm-hmm. I love this part. So before this happened in Luke, a lawyer stood up and put in the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law and how do you read it? So you tell me how you read the law. And that lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you answer correctly, do this and you will live. Cool. You know, it was that simple. But you got to love the lawyer. But the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Right. I love this story. So he tells, and it's well known, so most of your listeners probably know, it's the Good Samaritan, Mm -hmm. where some robbers beat up somebody on the road uh, to Jericho. If you come to Israel with with us, we're going again in in May of 2023. We'll show you where that happened. Mm-hmm. But they beat him up. And, it, and it, the text assumes it's a Jewish man because a priest is walking down the road, and he sees him, and he walks on the other side, a fellow Jew. But the priest, in, in his mind and in his defense, if he touches him and he dies, if he's dead or he gets contaminated— then he's ceremonially unclean, and he might be serving for the sacrifices. And then the Levite, who doesn't have the same restrictions, but also would be ceremonially unclean, came down, and he didn't help them. They walked on the other side. So they pay, played the religious card. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't help this guy. And then a Samaritan comes. The enemies of the Jews. Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. In fact, John and... and um, his brother, James, said, asked Jesus, should we call down the angel or thunder and destroy this Samaritan town? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, who are you guys anyway? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about love here. Yeah. But the Samaritan defies the reason and logic of that day and looks past. And he not only takes care of him, he went over and above. So now they have... Uh, that setting, and what are they going to do with that? He answered who it is. And Jesus asked the guy a question, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Beautiful. All right, let me take a break. Tom Berkowitz is my guest. And Tom, you did such an eloquent job of getting the table set. I didn't get it chance to mention your name once in that opening segment, but uh, Tom is a friend and a Bible study teacher and 
Always glad to have him. We're talking about Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 13 and verse 16. You are the salt of the earth and you're, let your light shine before others. We'll continue that discussion with uh, Tom when we come back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. You are the salt of the earth, so let your light shine before others. My guest is Tom Berkowitz. That's what we're talking about today. And Tom, you set the stage really, really well for this discussion. So let's pick up where we left off. So we found out from Jesus himself who our neighbor is. And he didn't make it easy. (laughs) He he made it our enemy. Yeah. You know, when we go to Israel, um, we travel with our good friend Scott Volk. And Scott came up with this. When you weigh into the Jewish and the Arab side, if you look at it through political eyes, you'll either walk away hating the Jews and loving the Arabs, the Palestinians, or loving the Palestin or hating the Palestinians and loving the Jews. Mm-hmm. But when we look through the biblical lens, we're looking through the lens of love, and if you do it that way, you'll walk away with loving both the Jews and the Palestinians. Yeah, amen. And that's a big, big thing. That's the lens we have to look through We do as believers. The other day I was teaching, uh, Marsha and I are teaching a small Bible study. Uh, in fact, it's a great place, the Blessing House uh, out in Victoria, small Bible study, we have maybe 13 people, and we're doing Ephesians, and we're in Ephesians 4, and it says in 427, give no opportunity to the devil. If we give him opportunity, he's going to take it, and he's going to take it every single time, because he's watching for us to fail. He wants us, he he does not want to have our light shine before others in such a way that it gives glory to God because he wants to be it. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of times in our interpersonal relationships or even with friends, I'm going to dwell on that for a second. You know, it says in the verse above that, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the uh, the sun go down on your anger. Great words because once you do that, then you'll have... Um, then you'll have, uh, you're giving the devil the opportunity. I love the prophet Hosea. In Hosea 7, 6, he says, For with hearts like an oven, they approach their intrigue. I love that word, intrigue. Whatever problem you have, whatever offense you have, you we've all had brothers and sisters in the Lord, 
they've done something. But for with your hearts like an oven, they approach their intrigue. All night, their anger smolders. In the morning, it blazes like a flaming fire. And so we're supposed to love, especially the people in the household of faith, but they do something to hurt us, and we chew on it and chew on it, and we sleep on it. By the time morning comes, it's a raging fire. Mm-hmm. And we've given the devil an opportunity, and he will use it every time. He'll use that offense against us. And where is the light being shined? How do we get to to see the real faith of the church that makes it different? When we go to Israel, well, actually, when— part of CBS. We started CBS in Israel, and we trying to do it on the Hebrew side and on the Arab side. Well, we started on the Arab side because that was the door that was open. And right now we have 75 people doing CBS in Bethlehem, uh, about 50 in Jerusalem, and we have another 20 in Jericho, and then spread out through Samaria, which is uh, biblical Samaria and Gaza. Mm. So we're doing things. And we picked a pastor who, uh, Stephen Corey, and he is teaching the people love. And he's saying, if we can show them love, they will come. Our light will shine and they will be there. He tells a story of Ramadan, a guy named Ramadan. So they call him Rami. And he came to the door of their church. He was kind of desperate, Muslim, and they were grooming him to be a suicide bomber. You know, he's disowned by his parents. And he was running in problems. And they sat and they talked with him. They showed him love. They shared the gospel with him. He became a believer. Rami, right now, is a hairstylist in Jerusalem, and his, his clientele are all Jewish women. And they love him because when they come in, he's all smiles. He oozes with love. There's a light about him. And he tells them all about Jesus. Hmm. I mean, that's exciting. That's what it can do. It's life-changing. So he is being salt and he is being light. And he's being a good hairstylist. And he's a good hairstylist. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to be, right? Keep the clientele coming back. Keep coming back. Yeah. So that's the power of love. Mm, that's strong. Tom Berkowitz is my guest. We're talking about the power of love. It is so strong when you can take a situation like Rami, who is disowned, dislodged, has no place to go, and he feels and experiences the love of Jesus and comes to saving faith, and then his life is transformed. I love that story. Right. I do, too. I really love that story. Um there's a young man, I won't mention his name. When I call him young, he's younger than me, so he's in his 40s. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Jewish man, um, over COVID, isolated. He's, he's a single father, and his son is living with his mother. He feels estranged from the synagogue, and we had... Um, reached out to him before, and he's always, you know, given us the holy stiff arm. Uh-huh. Not interested. It's not for me. I'm Jewish. Well, everybody's talking to him is Jewish too, you know. So it doesn't <laughs> work real well. Right. But he came 
to church one day where the head of uh, chosen people in this area, Trevor Rubenstein, goes. And he was overwhelmed by their love. When he walked in, they didn't keep him at arm's length. They hugged him. They loved on him. And he said, it was like I was isolated forever. And all of a sudden, I walk into these people and they don't care if I'm a Jew or a Martian. They just love on me and they want to tell me about Jesus. And so I started listening and I started learning. And then they were having a baptism and they invited me and they're having it at a lake. And I went down to the lake with no intention because I didn't understand it. I listened to the teaching and I ended up getting baptized. And what attracted to him? The salt and light of people showing love mm. unconditionally to him. That's the power of what it does. Yeah, that, that's a great, another great story. So we're called, think about this. 2,000 years ago, on the Feast of Pentecost, 120 Jews get smitten by the Holy Spirit. They go out and they share their faith in the streets. People think, some of them are thinking they're drunk, and what's this story they, they're talking about? And they present the gospel, but they see such a unity amongst these 120 and, and such love that 3,000 of them that day became followers of Jesus. And it's all based on their love. And that power and that love has gone. And Gentiles came into the faith that Jesus is the Messiah because these Jews spread out and started sharing the faith with them. And the chief amongst the apostles to the Gentiles was Paul. And what does Paul talk about? Loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving each other. He reminds the people that we're called to love. I don't know, Bill. Do you think Jesus' prayers are, when he lifted them up, are heard and answered? Yes. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. So he, Jesus gives an interesting prayer just as he's going the cross over to the garden, uh, the Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane, where he's going to ultimately be arrested and, and crucified. But he, he's done with Passover. He's, he's taught his disciples, John 14, 15, and 16, telling them that the Holy Spirit's going to come, telling them that he is the way to truth and life, and the only way to the Father is through him. And then he gives this prayer. And in that prayer, he starts off praying about he and his relationship, then the relationship between he and his apostles. And what is he saying? Make us one, Lord. Make us unified. The only way you can be one is if you love. Yeah, fantastic. Tom Berkowitz is my guest. I want you to say that again when we come back from break, because that's a very important uh, piece of this discussion. We will take a short break and we'll come back, continue talking about loving thy neighbor, being salt, and letting your light shine. Be right back. Ooh, 
It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. I hope you had a good day. Thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Tom Berkowitz is my guest, uh, but before I get to Tom, I do want to say again thank you for yesterday's one-day winter fundraiser. It was spectacular, and the generosity was once again over the top because that's what our Faith Radio listeners do. You take action. You make a difference. You are now supporting us in our 74th year of doing ministry, and it is spectacular. We are overwhelmed with gratitude today. So thank you again and again for um, being a part of our winter fundraiser. Tom, let's go back to this uh, moment that Jesus had with the uh, disciples where he was stressing unity. Yes. I, want, I want you to say that one more time. Well, he he prayed for, first of all, he prayed for himself, then he prayed for the disciples that they would be one just as he and the Father are one, that they'd all be unified in that one, in that echad. It's a complex unity in in Hebrew. You can't be one with somebody if you don't love them. There's no way. And it gets back to Jesus, we love you. We love the Father. Tom, not so much. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a shmagegi, you know. Uh, shmagegi is that? It was that uh, Yiddish. Yeah, that's Yiddish. Yeah, shmagegi. That's a great name. Yes, I I've been called that it, many, many times. Really, I don't even know what that means, but I find it. Yes, you don't have to know what it means. It just sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Shmagegi. You can you can uh, uh-huh. uh, insult somebody without uh, without them, knowing, them even yes. knowing it. Yeah, right. But you you got to love them. But then he goes on. So I can see the prayer f- between he and his father, they're one, and then the apostles, are they are one. But this is the one that gets you and I and everyone else. It starts with verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but I also ask for those who will believe in me through their word. So that generational, from generation to generation— that we share the gospel. He's praying that we would be one. He goes on, that they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, that the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. So what he's saying is, when the world sees that they're one with us and they're one with each other because they love each other, the light is going to shine. In fact, if we were doing it right, the world would be putting on sunglasses right now. <laughs> that light should mm-hmm. be so bright because our bar of showing love is really low. There is so much angst in the world, so much anger, so much criticism, that if we could really be the church, we could show lives, uh, show light, and lives would be transformed. Let me share a story with you. I'm taking this from a book by a friend of ours, uh, Tom Doyle, and the name of this book is Killing Christians, Living the Faith Where It Is Not Safe to Believe. 
And it's one of my favorite characters, Billy. You're going to love this guy. He's a Somalian pirate. And his name is Azam Aziz Mubarak. Mubarak. Excuse me. And this guy was getting dreams about Jesus. Now he's a pirate. He's a, the firstborn son of the lead pirate, trained in how to rape and kill and killed many Christians, but now he's getting dreams of this Jesus. And he can't get it. He talks to the inman about it, the uh, and he gets he slaps him and beats him up. Don't mm-hmm. even bring that up to me. Then he finds a cross on his bed, and so he goes to his mother because he can't go to his father. He goes to his father. He, his father could kill him. Right. So he, he goes to his mother, and his mother said, "It's true. Jesus is trying to get your attention. You need to run now because your father is going to find out about this <laughs> and he's going to kill you." Mm-hmm. So. He's out three weeks. He gets a knock at the door. He's hiding, but you, you can't hide from a pirate. And when he's a warlord, he's going to know where you are. And he sends him a box from him. So Azam opens up the box, and it's his mother all cut up in pieces with a picture of her when they were killing him with the two guys who did it. Now, I was liking the story up to this point. Yeah. It I was only, intrigued, and now I'm... It, it only gets better. Turned my stomach. Yeah. I mean, who does that? About a month later, and this guy is starting churches. He doesn't know what he doesn't know, but he Ugh. knows the love of God, and he wow. knows that he was forgiven for being a pirate mm-hmm. and all the things pirate does. And about midnight, because they have to meet late at night, otherwise... Uh, the townspeople, the village people kill him. And he, he saw the two guys strolling down the center of the road and he steps out in front and they stopped dead in their track because they saw Azam and he was a pirate and he was good at what he did and they were reaching for their knives. And Azam says, I know what you did to my mother. And they said, Azam, we had to do it. We didn't do it. We didn't want to do it, but your father had ordered us and threatened as he spoke. And then Azam jumped in. I know all about my father. Azam stared at the two murderers. I haven't come to harm you. I've come to forgive you. And that stops them dead in their tracks. And he... He said, you need to know that I love you and have prayed for both of you ever since I saw the picture, your picture with my mother. Jesus filled my heart with compassion for you. You need him just like I did. He can forgive murderers for his love is greater than anything you did. So you have two hardcore pirates who killed his mother and he forgave them, and they're looking at him, and they start shaking. And they become followers of Jesus. So now he brings them back to the rest of the small church, and he walks in, and, of course, you bring in two pirates, and they know that he killed his mother, and there's dead silence wondering what's going on, and these guys start talking. 
and the first guy says his name is Mahdi. In my religion, there was no certainty of forgiveness, either from God or each other. And when I saw Azam on the road last week, week, I reached for my knife, assuming I would need to defend myself. There would be no other reason for him to comfort us other than to avenge his mother's death and kill both to honor her. And when Azam spoke his word, it paralyzed both of us. He could not believe what he was hearing. His words of forgiveness, I have never heard anything like that. I have longed for words like this during my whole life. For Azam to forgive murderers like us and to tell us he loves us is unbelievable. I mean, let our light shine before people in such a way. you got to put sunglasses on this one. His light is shining mm. that bright. And these guys have come to the Lord. The other guy picked up the story. For last week, all three of us have been meeting at night. Azam has shown us that Jesus can forgive the worst of sinners. Moses killed a man. Paul ordered the uh, people to their deaths, and they too were forgiven and redirected. This is still hard for us to believe, yet we know it is true. Jesus has forgiven us for being pirates. Stealing and killing was our way of life. Only Jesus could forgive us, and only Jesus could give Azam the heart to forgive us. Mahdi and I, we are believers now, so there is peace between us, between Azam and us, and you all. That is a story. Well, that story makes me wildly uncomfortable, but it is amazing. It is. It is an amazing story. And I have never experienced anything like that, but if... If God, by the by the grace of God, I could meet a Zom, I would love to meet this guy. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, how do you do that? Mm, yeah. Well, I, I have heard stories of similar to that. A, a mother uh, has a son in, in a gang, and the gang member kills this her son, and then she proceeds to go visit him every week in prison for 25 years, and when he gets out, she has a significant relationship with him. And this murderer of his of her only son now calls her mom, and they spend holidays together. It's unbelievable. Those stories are yeah, they're they're amazing. But that's what God has called us to do. Can we do it? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, Bill. But Jesus doesn't make it easy for us because if we say we love Him, and we can't love the those true pirates, then we're liars. Yeah, John puts it out there. Jesus goes on in Matthew 5. These are all red letters. I turned my electronic Bible into red letters. Like, I like that. So I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus says, you have heard it that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Jesus just tore the rabbis' teaching apart because rabbis have taught since Leviticus 19, 18 says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. They taught that means you should love fellow Jews as yourself. It doesn't talk about the goyim, the Gentiles, the nations. It's just talking about 
Jews. And Jesus just tears it to shreds and says, those who, who hurt you, those who are your enemies. Have you ever been betrayed, Bill, by people that you really like? Sure. Is it hard to love them? Yeah. Are you called to love them? Yeah. And I know you love God, but if you don't love them, John says you're a liar. I get that. It's hard. But when you love them and you really love them, you're letting your light shine before people in such a way that they can see your Father and give him glory. And that's that's huge. Mm. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called about. We can't make it all about us. We got to make it all about Jesus. Mm. Wow, Tom Berkowitz is my guest. Thank you for reminding me, Tom, that this this is the uh, the Red Word series, the words of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, thank you for jarring my memory because that's what this hour is. And I had forgotten that we specifically invited you in for that. Jews do that to you. We- they do. You 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 hypnotize me with these stories. Um, just got a text. Uh, the name of Azam's book. Where do we find that story? Where is that Where is that book located? It's written we... by Tom Doyle, and it's Killing Christians, Living the Faith Where It Is Not Safe to Believe. He has okay. three. The first one was Dreams and Visions. This was the second one. On, I don't have, I can't remember the third one, but. Really? Memory is a little, sh- yeah, I'm, not what it used to be, huh? Hey, I just had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in my 70s. <laughs> you are not. Are you? Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Are you really? No, I really am. <laughs> oh, Yeah, you're you. very youthful. Well, thank you. Yeah. I thought people were telling me I was just getting too old. No, no, not at all. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back more with Tom Berkowitz in just a minute. Hi, this is Bill Arnold, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I'm always glad when you make your way over to MyFaithRadio.com and look through the menu of everything you can listen to, programs that have already aired that you might want to hear again, or maybe you have a friend or a family member in mind that would really be blessed by hearing something you heard And then it gives you an opportunity to talk about it and share your faith with a loved one. It's one of the great things I love about the podcasting at Faith Radio. And we have a great fundraiser coming up, so I would love for you to say yes to that. You can text the word GIVE right now to 877-933-2484 or follow the link in the show notes to give your gift today. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Thank you, Tom Berkowitz, for being here today. It's great having you in studio and a great, powerful hour and reminder that we have to be light in the world. We have to love, and that is not an easy job uh, amidst all the chaos in this world and the brokenness and the anger and the rage and the disagreement. And we're not living as a unified body, are we? No. No, No, we're not. Ouch. And you know... The hardest thing in the world to do is live the very words that you're telling everyone else to live. 
a number of years ago. When my daughters were young, I was betrayed by a friend. And, of course, that friend's in our Christian community, our believing community, and you could feel the tension whenever we were together. In fact, I was telling my daughters, yeah, why don't we just stay away from them? Mm-hmm. And my oldest daughter, Nikki, love her to death. She looked at me and she says, Dad, you have unforgiveness in your heart. Whoa. And I, I said, what are you talking about? I've forgiven him. I'm called to love him. I love him. I just don't want to be around him. Dad, you can get, yell at me. You can push me and bully me all you want. You don't have love in your heart for them. And you haven't forgiven them. Mm-hmm. Jewish Whoa. women, they can drive you nuts. <laughs> That's very convicting. Yeah. So you got to live that. And, you know, I was able to put that to bed. And there's always good things that can come out of that. And we get hurt and we get betrayed, but we're called to love. Yeah. Did you figure out a way to have love in your heart for him? Did I figure out? Were you able to? I purposed in my heart that I was going to do it. And that's hard for me to do because I come from a long line of people like to take revenge. (laughs) But, you know, I learned that I couldn't do that. Plus that, what was I going to tell my daughter, Nikki? Because you can't fool them. They can, you know, they know who we really are. Yeah. I've heard that before, Tom, where someone will say, that I have forgiven that person, I just never want to see them again. Right. So there's the unforgiveness or the or their lack of love in your heart. Right. And you know what that does? It gives an opportunity to the devil to obstruct the rest of your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. Well, he's going to look for an, an opportunity, and he never passes on an opportunity and he's going to use that little bit of bitterness and anger, that little bit of resentment, and he's going to turn it against you. And you're going to not have that light that's going to shine before people. No matter what you say you're, is going to be there, it's going to gnaw on you. And you're not going to have the same walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You can kid yourself all you want. And I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying that I have perfected it. I haven't but we're still called to do it. Mm-hmm. And Paul says uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, he starts off and he's talking about our battle is with uh, the spiritual forces in the heavenlies. And then in verse 5, he says, and take every thought captive. So what you have to do is when that comes back in your mind, you got to forgive. Yeah. You got to keep doing it, and you got to discipline it yourself to do it. So, Tom, let's say you betrayed me, and it made me really mad. And then I play this card where I say, "I forgive him, but I've created a healthy boundary for myself. I just never want to be around him again." When is it an actual healthy boundary, and when is it a way for me not to love? That's probably a question for a psychologist. Right. You know, I see Glenn Pickering every week and he helps me through it. Mm-hmm. So, but what you're saying right there, the way you said it with your tone would tell me you still have the resentment in your heart. 
I can, I can not need to be around people. I can love them from a distance. I can not bad mouth them. I can pray for them. Mm-hmm. I can okay. help them, you know, if they have ministry problems and they need a favor, I can do them the favor. Those are little things. But I, you know, we might travel in different circles, but it's, I'm still called to reach out to them. Okay, thank you for that. All right, let's uh, return to Matthew 5.13 and Matthew 5.16. I know a lot of people have jumped in their car and are just tuning in, and we want to focus again on you are the salt of the earth and let your light shine before others. Right, that's what we're called to be, salt and light. And what I like about verse 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall the saltiness be restored? It can't be. It can't be. It can't be. So if you're walking around with bitterness in your heart or I can't love this person because he hurt me too much, you've lost your salt. Mm. You know, you're going to have to repent of that because God can restore your walk. But we can't be, we can't give a lot of kind words Jesus was not in the affirmation business. He was in the transformation. I'm not going to affirm. He's not going to affirm, okay, we forgive him, but I got to keep away from him. I can't be part with him. He's not going to affirm that. He wants our hearts transformed. He wants us to make it about him and not us and the other person. Mm -hmm. I don't, doing that is hard fact, it's impossible without the Holy Spirit, but that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And Bill, if we can do that, you know, people are watching. If we can do that, we'll shine light and people are attracted to light. We live in a dark world. And when you turn on light, I said this the other day and Marcia said, where did you come up with that? But you know, if you walk in a dark room and you turn on the light, the cockroaches run for cover. We're called to be light, and when we walk in that room, they're not going to run to cover. They're going to come towards us. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to be part of us. Can't you pay for an exterminator? You have cockroaches in your house? No. Oh, okay. I don't even know what it, they oh. are. I'll <laughs> say, <laughs> oh, so you just made that up. No, I have friends I in New knows. York City that oh, talk yeah. about it. That's where I picked it up. Yeah. I lived in Houston for a while, and I saw cockroaches at night when I come in and flip on the light. <laughs> and they run? Yeah, they run. Yeah, they run. So I, I know it's that. It's a nice idea. I know that metaphor, yeah. Uh, so I like that. I, a great reminder. It, it feels like you walked into the studio today, and you're basically saying following Christ is not always easy. Oh, it's very hard. I mean, I look at uh, before Jesus gave his teaching circumcision. I mean, I didn't know about it. It was eight days old. I'm sure it hurt, but that pain's gone. Keeping kosher. You know, that's something you certainly can do, and I can go to church. I can observe or go to the synagogue. I can observe that. Mm-hmm. But that Jesus took it, and he took it to the, a degree that makes it almost impossible. I can love the Lord your God, my God, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength for what he has done and the love he's done for me. But now to love my neighbor, but to love my enemy, to love the person who betrayed me, that means... I have to die to myself. Yeah. And that is hard to do. Yeah. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, I heard this question posed to me once. 
Do you put the same energy into meeting the needs of your neighbor as you do meeting the needs of yourself? And the answer is, of course, no. <laughs> 100% no. But I think there is the, the question. Love your neighbor as yourself. So are you willing to put that same energy into meeting your neighbor's needs as you are your own? There's a question for yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, Paul, the great apostle, he's planning churches all over. If you read First and Second Thessalonians, if you read uh, Philippians, if you read Ephesians, Romans, it's all about love. In Romans 12, he says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And as much as it is in your control, live at peace with all people. Mm -hmm. How do you live at peace with them if you don't love them? Great question. Yeah, if you don't love them, you're not going to pull that off. Yeah. So how do you live at peace? And it's as much as it depends on you. Yeah. You know, sometimes we can love people and we can live at peace and they give us the holy stiff arm. Yeah. All we can do is... Where is that verse in Romans? It's 12... Yeah. Yeah. As far as it depends on you, yes. that verse. Well, I think that's 12.4. I have to look it up. I oh. just know that it's in a book, a book in Romans, and I know <laughs> it's in 12. Yeah. Well, fortunately for you, Tom, we've run out of time, so you may or may not have time to find that verse in, in the amount of time we have left, but... I, yeah. I know that verse. I'm sure somebody will call in yeah, and tell us. Yeah. Well, thank you for the time. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for uh, talking about Matthew 5, 13 and 16. And those are the words of Jesus as we uh, wrap up this hour with Tom Berkowitz. Tom, thanks again. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to have you. It's great to see you. And say hi to Marsha. I will. All right. For sure. We're going to... Uh, say good night for uh, today. Uh, but we want you to know that if you missed any of the show, I always encourage you to go to the website, myfaithradio.com and check out the show podcast. Maybe you uh, want to hear this whole show in its entirety and it's going to be posted in the next 15 or 20 minutes. You can check it out and I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. It's going to be an extended version of Guy Talk uh, to get things started. So get your questions ready. Have a great night. And I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.